everybody. This is the Street Smart Mental Health Podcast. Coming to you, as always, from the Lou Fuse Automotive Group studio, my name is Michael Wellington. My partner across the table is the one and only Brandon McNamara. Hello! How are you there, handsome? Good, man. Yeah, I just stepped outside. you go outside for a minute? No, it's is fucking, it still beautiful? Yes. You yes. love it. It was so bad the other day. I, um, we were doing, I was removing dirt from that pool install. And I rented one of those dingoes. You know what a dingo is? No. You're like me. You don't do the handyman shit. What's right? a dingo? It's a, you stand behind it and it scoops up dirt. I was like a I pooper was scooper for dirt. I was operating heavy machinery, pal. Were you okay. sober? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Semi? Obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I was fucking 100 degrees outside, 120 wind chill. Is that a wind chill? Or is that when it's cold? It can be wind chill <laughs> if, it's if it's kind of breezy. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, we've got, nice we got a very interesting topic today, something that I'm very much looking forward to learning about. That topic is borderline personality disorder. We have special guest, Lily Mulherin is here. Hello. Hello. Lily, thank you so much for joining us and, and driving over to our studio. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, thank you for having me. And what's funny, you're talking about the dingo, my yeah. uh, boyfriend. He operates heavy machinery. That's literally what he does. Yeah. Full yeah. circle right yeah. away. Dude, it was the dingo. <laughs> and I know that it just ain't my, ain't my world. I was out there okay. fucking just getting it. Well, you're well-versed in many other things. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Let, you. Let's talk a little bit about how Lily came to us. I just sent me an email. Exactly. Just send me an email. How'd that come about? When you introduced the Street Smart podcast, I was like, okay, well, let, let's see how what, what topics I talk about. And mm-hmm. then you just made that post about you guys releasing the 20th episode. Yeah, I made a post. Like, you don't get And you much, like, like listed different really. topics. And I had listened in when I can, you mm-hmm. know, being as busy as sure. I am as a yeah. person. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to see if he'll go for it. Because, you know, not it's not talked about. Not a lot of people know what it is. And right. I was like, well, you know, shoot my shot. And here I am, less no. than a week later. <laughs> we love it. We love it. I mean, number one, we admittedly don't know enough about Borderline. You're going to be able to share about that. You're a mother of two. You have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and you're pregnant with a third. Is that right? Yep. I'm almost so, to my third trimester. Yeah. To me, this is incredible because... You're managing all these children, you're in the middle of a pregnancy, and you're managing borderline personality disorder. So tell us a little bit about it. Like when you and I spoke on the phone yesterday about some of the details we're going to discuss today, you called it BPD, right? Yeah. And in my world, being a person who's living with bipolar, I was always considered BPD to be bipolar disorder, but you kind of enlightened me a little bit. And BPD is more borderline personality disorder. Yes. With people who have like bipolar disorder, it's usually like, oh, I have bipolar. Like you're, you got BP. Right. That's, and the way my psychiatrist explained it to me was BPD is borderline personality disorder. And people also label BPD as bipolar depression as well. So there's a lot of different acronyms for things, but it just depends on who you're talking to professionally like your medical professional that you talk to. Right. But the way it was explained to me was it's borderline personality disorder. Because when she goes, I think you have BPD, I'm like, I am not bipolar. There's no way. (laughs) When did you get diagnosed with the borderline? I got diagnosed when I was 19. How? what, what, What symptoms were you exhibiting 
that made you want to go see the doctor to get this diagnosis? So actually, it was after I had my first son. I was 18. It was November. And my birthday, I'm a leap year baby. So my birthday's in February. So you're only six years old. I'm five years five. old. <laughs> five. I'll be six next year. Got okay. It. okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was more of like I found out I had postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And so I started going to see like a group therapist about that. I was like, you know, this really isn't, it's really not working for me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see someone individually because I feel more comfortable that way. Good for you. That, that was just me at 19 being a brand new mom and all that. And so whenever I started talking to her, she goes, I don't think you have postpartum. This is what I think you have. And it was based off of everything that had ever happened to me in my life. Me. And then being a new mom on top of that, it just made everything kind of spill over. Sure. Yeah, It was kind of like the cherry on top that just made everything crumble down. So when you say everything had happened, you mean like childhood trauma type yes. stuff? Yes. Actually, borderline personality disorder is a lot of it is environmental. So it's how you grew up. For example, my dad was an addict. He was not in my life pretty much at all. I spent maybe like two weeks with him in the summer. And even then, he wasn't really there. It was my stepmom. And then my mom, being a single mom of four kids of her own, she worked all the time. So we were always kind of just around. Like I was watching the kids. I'm the oldest. Okay. I was watching my little siblings. I was home a lot. My mom got cancer. I was kind of what everybody relied on in my house. So you might have been the mom. I was more like, more like a caretaker than I was a daughter or a sibling. It was just kind of like, hey, I'm like the live-in nanny, but like you gave birth to me. <laughs> so when you yeah. learned about this borderline diagnosis, did you just go on what the doctor said? Did you do your own research? I did like, my how own did you research. It? Okay, what did you learn? And I it made a lot of sense. And I had put that in the email that after I got my diagnosis, things started adding up. So the irritability, random irritability, I would, all of a sudden, I'd be super angry about something so little, but it's just because of your emotions. It's called splitting. Okay, that's, so that's tell us. That's something that happens. Tell us more about what splitting so is. So splitting, it's like the rapid and dramatic mood changes. It's called it, splitting? Splitting. Yeah, it's, you seen the movie Split? That's another thing. It's, some people think that it's, oh, you're splitting, you have split personality disorder. No, no. When you split in borderline personality disorder, you are, your emotions are completely split and it gets misconstrued as bipolar. It sounds like it could be bipolar is what I yes. was thinking. It could be misconstrued as that. Yes. Right. Because of. Misdiagnosed. Yeah. Misdiagnosed because of how you act. You could be happy and then all of a sudden just be very angry and it's caused by, I hate this word, triggers. Yeah, it's a thing, though. No. It's a thing, but I just I feel like you could. There's so much a better of a better word to use for that. Okay. Say you know I spilt my water on the table, mm -hmm. and I'm just like I'm like oh my god, are you freaking serious? And I'm like I'm getting worked up, and then from all spilt water from spilt water. Okay. And it could literally be because you know maybe it's just I I was going through a lot that day, or I wasn't having a very good mental health day, and all of a sudden it's just like mm, yeah. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. You know, you get the irritability, you get the anger, and then you could have the complete opposite where you're just happy and you're like, okay, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. You can clean your whole freaking house and be fine. And then you could literally, at the end of the night, you're laying in bed and it's just, you're all of a sudden just so upset and you've been in a good mood all day. We have covered so much here. Let's take a quick break and come right back. 
We've been here for over 70 years, giving back to community charities, local organizations, and youth athletics. And now we're the official automotive sponsor of St. Louis City SC. We've been here, providing the best car buying experience to our customers. Lou Fuse, we are here with the respect you deserve for 70 years and counting. The Street Smart Mental Health Podcast is powered by Birdies for Bipolar. Birdies for Bipolar aids veterans and civilians living with mental illness by using golf as recreational therapy. For more information, check out birdiesforbipolar.org. That's birdies, the number four, bipolar.org. Welcome back to Street Smart. Let's dig back in. Forgive my ignorance here, but what causes that shift? That's just the disorder itself? That's just the disorder itself. Okay. In people who have borderline, you have environmental, and you also have stuff in your brain that makes it to where you have borderline. The three, I wrote all this down, so so I wouldn't forget what they were called. Yeah, this is great. So it affects the the three parts of your brain that regulate emotions, like basically regulate things that you need to do every day, basic stuff. Okay. I do not know what this part is called. I don't know, but it regulates the behaviors and self-control. Okay. In the hippocampus, which is planning and decision-making, in shown in MRIs from researchers, there is little or unusual activity in those parts of your brain for people who have borderline. So those parts mm-hmm. of your brain, for lack of a better term, are a little bit more sluggish if you have mm-hmm. borderline. Now, one thing that I learned, and we talked about this on the phone a little bit yesterday, is when I learned that borderline personality was a real thing, there was a wide receiver named Brandon Marshall who mm-hmm. played for the Bears. He played for the Jets. Played for the Jets, too, yeah. He was the one who I kind of followed that had borderline, but he was the person that helped me understand that there is no medication for borderline, right? Is that true? No, there is no medication. Huh. A lot of people who do have BPD, this is where people think, oh, medication, oh, it'll be fine. They have other diagnoses that go along with their BPD. Borderline people can also be diagnosed with anxiety, like extreme anxiety. So they take antipsychotic meds or neuroleptic meds for their anxiety, and it helps with their BPD for the anxiety portion of it. But it doesn't help all of it. It's usually treated with therapy. There's really nothing else that you talk can therapy? do. Yeah, like talk therapy. People do sensory therapy. They'll sit there and like fidget. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of something they do throughout the day. Like I have, I explained in my email, I have BPD and ADHD. Okay. I have manageable ADHD because I don't need medication. So you don't take anything for your no. ADHD? <laughs> no. Do you? What kind of techniques do you do for your borderline? Is there besides you just mentioned this? Yeah, I fidget a lot or okay. I, I clean. <laughs> oh, I think that's awesome because I do that for bipolar as do well. You, you clean for sure. No, clean. Sure. I clean it's, my it's apartment. It's something I can control. And I, I like to go to the car wash and I like to clean the inside of the car as well as the mm-hmm. outside. Yeah, it's just like is, is it, it's a does form it give of control. You, yeah, it gives you a sense of organization. Mm-hmm. At least that's what it does it for makes me. You Mike, feel Mike, do like you do that can... like because you you have a, a, a want to or because you it makes you feel better. It makes me feel better. Okay, so and it's not it like also, a, I have to clean. It's no, a, I, it, if I clean, I'll feel better. I feel like my 
I'm pretty clean as it is, but like if I go through a depressive spell with my bipolar, right, I'll maybe do a, a cleaning of the apartment or, a cl- or do some extra laundry or go to the car wash, right? Just yeah. to, it's almost like a reset. I don't know if you feel like that with yours. Yeah, it's, I, li- I literally have a mandatory reset every day. So do you I, do, you do the house or clean the house? So or you- yeah, when Nick, my boyfriend gets home, mm-hmm. he takes the kids outside or he takes them to their room and I have an hour and I give myself that hour to be like, hey, we're cleaning this up real quick. We're resetting the thing. And that's just to make See, that's me, great. it makes me feel better and it makes my day the next day easier. Totally. There you go. Couldn't agree more. Like it that makes, makes every total day, sense to me. And it, when I get out of that, even just a little bit, if I don't do as much as I usually do, it kind of throws things off a little bit just because it's like, oh, I should have done this yesterday. It would have been so much easier for me today. And okay. then, so I basically have like a little mental checklist that I go off in, Love in my head with my reset. Love it. With mm. the borderline, obviously you're pregnant right now, so you're likely not drinking, I would assume. Nope. Do you use alcohol when you're not pregnant? When you are when you have borderline? I mean, what does alcohol do to borderline personality type? I don't know. It just depends. So like, you know how some people are like, oh, I don't drink Jack because it makes me mean? Yes. I do not drink certain liquors because... I feel like it puts me in a different mood. Sure. So like I could drink beer and I can drink tequila and be just fine, but I do not drink whiskey for the simple fact of I don't like the way it makes me feel emotionally. Okay. And I like whiskey. I like bourbon. I like that's my my grandpa's like the brandy guy, the bourbon guy. That's his favorite thing. And my 21st birthday that he was like, hey, you're doing this with me. Whatever. I did not like the way I was so emotional. Oh, fuck. And it was like, I was up and down. I was pissed off. I was angry. And then I was crying. And I was like, I don't like the way it feels. So I just don't drink it. I just avoid it. That's another thing is, is uh, my dad has bipolar disorder. And so does my mom. And with being bipolar, me having that sense of like, oh, what kind of mood are they in? My mom drank, but my dad also is, he uses Drugs. Used drugs my whole life. Okay. He was 19 when I was born, so he's used drugs my whole life. He's still using. So it's more of like uh, you gotta you gotta find that fine line. Like when you say drugs, are you talking about cocaine? Are you talking about cannabis? Like are you talking meth. about okay. okay? A little bit more serious. <laughs> yeah, he's been using meth since I was 19. Okay. How's your relationship with him? Um, it's better than it was for a really long. I always thought something was wrong with me. And he would, right. he would always, you know, choose drugs over, hey, I'm going to go see my, my daughter. He has two other kids, and they live in Tennessee. And they don't even have, like, the best relationship with him because of drugs. Sure. Fuck. But it's, like, it's more of, like, I blamed myself for a while. And that's not something you should do. But you being can't help 13, it. you know, like, hey, why doesn't my dad love me? Am I not doing enough? Am I not mm-hmm. being there enough? And it was more of like a, you know what? As soon as I had kids, I could never. As a person, I understand you have an addiction, but as a parent, I could right. never. Can't yeah. relate to that. Nope. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm same with my dad. I don't know where the fuck he's at or if he's even still alive. But he got two grandkids. He doesn't talk to. Never met one of them. I ain't seen him in years. I don't get it. I don't understand how they can do that. But. That's just how powerful, I guess, drugs and alcohol can be. Well, my guess would be, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, you had an opportunity to see someone do it wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And you weren't going to make the same mistake. Is that fair? I wasn't. Yeah. um, Taught us how to be parents. 
Absolutely. Uh, Lily, mean, uh, if, if you, if someone was listening to this podcast and they had borderline personality disorder or someone in their family did, what would like two or three things that you would share with them that would, you think would help them manage the condition? Are there things that jump out in your mind that you do every day or you do every week or every month? I would do resets. Okay. I know that sounds like such a simple task. No, explain that. But it's that. the simplest things that can help you out. So like say Sunday, you don't have anything going that day. You're not going out with your friends. You're not going out to family. Like Sunday's your, oh, I'm chilling at home day. Okay, that's fine. Do something productive in your day. Because the next day, you're going to wonder why you didn't do anything, and it's going to make you feel like crap. So tell me what's something <laughs> or a couple things that would be productive in your mind. Productive meaning, hey, I'm going to pick up the living room. Okay. Or you know how you were saying cleaning or mm -hmm. doing something productive for yourself throughout the week. Like, hey, I'm going to make my lunch for tomorrow. It's, it's little things. It's little things throughout the day that make your life easier mm -hmm. because borderline is very like it makes you feel lonely it makes you feel diminished you don't overwhelmed yeah you get overwhelmed so easily and that's another thing i struggle with as a parent that's another thing being a parent who has borderline and my son has asperger's my oldest and my youngest is just two <laughs> right. they just test you that's yeah, just yeah, it yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's just it's trying to find that good balance between okay i need five minutes right mm -hmm. and being in a relationship even with someone who has borderline is hard too because you know you're constantly having to give them feelings of reassurance i'm constantly needing reassurance and it may not be like hey i still want to be with you i love you it's acts of service it's kissing me when you get home it's little things like that that makes me feel like okay yeah you know what i'm okay like but I'm constantly needing it. So things at people, if you're, if you are with somebody who has borderline, awesome. But just make sure that you are giving them what they need in order for them to give you what you need. On the flip side to that, do you mm -hmm. feel like you offer your partner that reassurance as well? Because you know what it's like to want to feel that? Yes. I feel like I overcompensate for that reassurance okay. sometimes because... Sometimes I'm feeling a little more diminished or I'm feeling a little more, I'm feeling like neglected a little bit in my sure. relationship. I know that sounds horrible. No, that makes sense neglected. actually. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm feeling a little more neglected and I'll be like, hey, I just want to let you know I love you and I'm thinking of you and you're my best, you know, just kind of either writing them a note. I write him a note when I pack his lunch at night. Oh, well, that's very thoughtful. Every time when I pack his lunch, I write him a note. I tell him I love him or you know, whatever else I try to do little things for him just to show him that, Hey, I'm here and I love you. Yeah. Like I overcompensate. That. So what you're explaining. And of course I don't know as much about borderline as I'd like to, but it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the more love you can show either towards someone else in your life or whether it's your partner or your kids or, or yourself, is that helpful with the, the borderline in the sense that like if you, to your point, you reassure your partner, then in, hopefully in reciprocation, your partner reassures you. And mm -hmm. it seems like the more love that you can spread around, that enables the borderline to kind of stay away. It's not more of like staying away because I feel like with me, just in my experience, mm -hmm. I look for holes. Okay. That's my thing is – with my childhood, I look for, hey, this is missing. This part doesn't make sense. Why are they doing this? They'd have never done this before. I look for things out of the 
out of, that could be in their normal routine that they've never done before. And I'm like, hey, you've never done this before. Why are you doing it now? Did you do something? Mm-hmm. Like, and that just stems from childhood. That stems from right. the borderline. And going back to your question with the love and everything, it's more of like, yes, it helps, but you're always going to have that feeling of, oh, they're going to leave. Really? I feel like I'm lonely. So that pops back into your head as part of the cycle of the borderline. Yes. Okay. And so basically, you know how people with anxiety, they count? I didn't know that. So people with anxiety, they count. It's something they can control. Oh, like okay. when we clean, it's something that? that give us. I have not. Maybe you should. Learn. I, I'm picking it up. I'm thinking. So, so that's interesting because counting. I actually use counting in golf, competitive golf, because counting would keep you in the present moment, right? Mm-hmm. But people that have um, this is I'm learning this new. People that have anxiety count. Why? Because they. It just kind of brings them to like, hey, this is reality. Like anxiety attacks and panic attacks uh-huh. can cause you to feel like you're having an out of body, like freaking out moment. Right. And when you count or you say your ABCs, it is something routine. It is, you know it. Mm-hmm. It is there. It is present. There it, it is, the present. Mm-hmm. The pres- that's what we use in golf. Same thing. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Brandon's going to laugh when I ask you this, but. <laughs> Is music a big factor in your life? Oh, you. yeah. <laughs> oh, right, so yeah. Tell us how you use it. So <laughs> what's funny is I was actually raised to appreciate all different types of music. So like my grandparents, my dad, my mom. So I was raised by a millennial mom. My mom is 39. Like my dad's 42. Damn. And yep. the da- the man that raised me is 53. And my grandpa's 74. So I've got a very large, like a wide variety of music. That's great. And so I pretty much know a lot of things from, let's say, like Elvis and Frank Sinatra. Well, he's the king. And all that. And Frank then, Sinatra had bipolar, by the way. Did I did he really? know yes, that. Yes, he did. Oh, shit. Yes, he oh. did. This guy wrote a book on bipolar. Yes, Frank Sinatra's really? not literally, in it, I don't literally, think. Literally. But yes, sometimes I forget I did you, that. You didn't put Frank in there. Will you use music when you're cleaning or when you're... Actually, having those times when you're, you know, having your time to yourself. No, I don't. Okay. When I have time to myself, I do. But when I'm doing something else, everyone's like, I need music to clean. Nope. Okay. I cannot. I feel like it is too much. That's too much just my stimulation. There's yes. Much, yeah. So the washer's going. The kids are usually watching TV when I'm cleaning or something. So the TV's going. The dishwasher's going. There's music playing in the background. It's just, there's just so many oh, that makes factors. Sense. And it's like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got all the machines going, the dishwasher, the dryer, mm-hmm. kids are watching TV, that makes sense. But if you were home alone, you know, and the kids were with Nick or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, would that be a time? In other words, when do you use the music? Um, when I'm to... driving. Okay. I constantly have my phone hooked up to my car. Beautiful. It's more of like a... That keeps me, okay, you know, it's fine. I'll be fine. I do listen to music a lot before I go to bed. And some nice. people are like, I need complete silence. Like, I, I can't. I can't handle complete silence. Dude, when I'm going to bed, Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven, that's the song. Really? I'll try that shit out. <laughs> that's the song or that's the station that's on Pandora? That's the one I listen to. That, that is the song okay. I listen to. Okay. Try it out. Moonlight Sonata. That's right. All right. Do you, do you guys want to hear... Any uh, facts about BPD? Of course, yes. Of okay. course, please share everything so, you know. We need to educate these people yeah. that are listening. Borderline personality disorder is also known as emotional dysregulation disorder. Emotional dysregulation disorder. That 
That may describe a couple girls I've dated, but go ahead. <laughs> you and me both, pal. <laughs> and I bet most of the people diagnosed with this are females. So Actually, yes. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. More, more females? I knew, I knew that borderline? fact. It was nicely pleasant. 1.4% of the adult population in the U.S. has been diagnosed with BPD. 1.4%. Okay. Out of the entire U.S. adult population. A lot of people probably need to be diagnosed. But though. out of that 1.4%, 75 of cases reported are female, while 25% are only male. Wow. Well, nice Maybe call. I, had, you were, I, I read you were I, spot I on there. I see the paper. I, Why do you yeah. think that is? <laughs> I think it's another thing with males just willing to get help. That's a good point. Like, they don't even go see the fucking doctor. No. Just, you like, know how hard it is for me to get Nick to go see a regular doctor to talk about his asthma? <laughs> I He's guess got it must be a reactive challenge. airway asthma, and he sees a doctor maybe once every couple of years. Hmm. What does he have an inhaler? Yeah. Okay. Well, he'll be all right. But yeah. like, those are only good for so that, long. Dude. Those are only good for so long. Get that thing I understand. Here. I'm not. I'm just. It's very interesting to learn this kind of stuff. And uh, so, with the relationship aspect, yeah. Yeah. people with BPD. So a lot of people with BPD experience chaotic and intense and conflict laden relationships. So does that mean you want to fight? It's more of like, argue. It's, it goes back to the control thing. I'm telling you, this is my experience. I believe I you. was in a lot of toxic relationships because I was so, I can control this. Okay. I can control this. And I've had to learn, hey, no, I can't. I can only control what I do. See, that's that beautiful. I think that goes with any mental illness, right? Mm-hmm. You have to realize that you can't control all of it. Mm-hmm. And you can only control the things that are within your realm. And now, now to your point about the combativeness in the relationships, w- would you find yourself wanting to argue with your partners in the past? Or was it you, you didn't really want to argue? It's just you would naturally. It was behavioral. It was what I did behavioral that caused arguments. So like instability with jobs. Okay. Because you're not, you have a feeling of you're not good enough. Okay. You feel like, oh, my job, you know, they don't need me. Like, right. I'm not. So, so borderline makes you feel like you're not good enough mm-hmm. to do anything? Is that fair? Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. So basically, I have a, I have like impulse control issues. With what? Like money. Eating, shopping. Money. Money. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I can like, oh, I can justify that. Girl, yeah. you shouldn't justify that. <laughs> Now, now, would you go, this is a bipolar thing, but would you ever go on like odd spending sprees? Yeah. So let's say I get my paycheck. Uh-huh. I pay my bills first. Thank God I paid my bills first. And I'd oh, be like, oh, I've got this leftover. Let's just, let's go out to eat. And then I'd be like, oh shit, I don't have any money. Yeah. Okay. Because that know. is a bipolar, you know, in my experience with bipolar, there was times when I would go on odd spending sprees, mm-hmm. just like for no reason at all. I'd buy things that I did not need at all. Right. Really? Oh, yeah. What are you thinking when you're doing that? Is it like you're, you're thinking, I just want this just, and I have to have this? You hyperfixate. Yeah. Huh. Like, like, for example, when I first was diagnosed, I was living in an apartment in Florida that I was only going to be in for four months, right? But I went out to like a sports memorabilia store and I bought like a big frame jersey of a NFL player and like a bunch of figurines and a bunch of stuff that you just wouldn't, you, you'd buy that if you were moving into a house for the rest of your life, not for yeah. four months. Yeah. Something but, you just absolutely fucking did not need. But I wonder, exactly. But I wonder though, there, it seems like there are some similarities with borderline and bipolar. There like are. And they're kind of like cousins. It seems like. Yes. Cousins, not sisters. <laughs> yeah. 
there's a lot of, you know, the the diagrams. What are those? Like the two circles where you have stuff that they're related to in the middle and the stuff yeah. they have on their own. The circles that touch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They have so many diagrams of borderline personality being like anxiety, being like ADHD, being like bipolar. There's so many diagrams. You could look at, literally look up borderline personality disorder, go to images, and it'll show you all these different charts. Hmm. It's insane. It's. I feel like it's kind of like a catch-all, when, if that makes any sense. When your borderline is acting up, if you will, would you find yourself yelling, screaming, you know, looking to argue, looking to... I wouldn't say looking to argue. Okay. It's more of, yeah, yelling. And I try to shield that as much as I can for my kids. Good. Just because I'm... Well, they're so young, I lived too. through that, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, my mom was... Yeah. Mom yelled. And, okay. And so with my kids, I just try to not yell as much. But obviously, being a parent, you get overwhelmed. Something happens and you're like, just stop. You know, just uh-huh. stop. And I feel my I feel that I do get that overstimulation, that overwhelming feeling. And also, not just physically, but emotionally as well. Absolutely. Like when people are like, oh, I'm doing this in my life. I'm doing this in my life. Things are looking so great. And all I feel is this is all I've got. Right. Do, do you find, is it difficult sometimes, especially with social media, when you see other people like showing off on social media, do you, does borderline make you compare yourself more yeah. than, than you would if you didn't have it maybe? Yeah. And for a long time I was like, oh, why can't I have that? Right. Like I'm at 21 years old. I was a single mom with two kids. Yeah. You're a grown up like in a hurry. Yeah. Sure. And I was just like, you know, I could have this, I could have this, I could have this. And here I am. I'm like, oh, I got a failed marriage by 19. I have another baby. And I'm just, I, I felt so diminished. That's, that's, that's that feeling of being diminished. It's just there. Right. And a lot of people, they feel as if everyone's going to leave them or everyone's mad at them. Because, hey, I might not talk to people every day. But, like, they're posting on social media, and I try to text them, and they don't text back. You know, I'm, I feel like that's something that makes me feel not good sure. enough. As you've gotten older and lived with this further, do you realize that some of it is the disorder playing tricks on your mind in the mm-hmm. sense of, like, okay, even though I didn't hear from my friend in, when you were younger, you might think, well, fuck him or fuck her. Like, but now it's like, well, that's just, you know, they haven't, just haven't had time to get back to me. Yeah. That's just, like, especially, yeah, with... with What's funny is, <laughs> actually, people, it gets better with age. BPD gets better with age. I would agree with, with bipolar the as maturity. well. maturity. Mm-hmm. Maturity helps a ton. The maturity level helps a ton because, well, first, you know how to manage your disorder mm-hmm. within yourself. And like, as I said, all this stuff that I'm talking about, this these are my experiences with someone who has BPD. That's just it. And with age, I'm a lot better in a, the sense of my emotional place now than I was when I first got diagnosed. A lot better. And how old are you now? I am 23. Just a real dinosaur. <laughs> right. so Four one, years uh, makes a hell of a difference. Uh, one I'm thing sure. that I feel, I don't know if you feel this or not, and I don't i don't mean to say you should feel this or not, but with, with my ADHD, sometimes after I just have a fucking you know, outburst or whatever the hell might happen, I feel shame kind of. Like mm-hmm. I'm ashamed. Like I'm like ashamed of having this. I don't know. I fucking hate it. Like if something. I'm still new to learning what I uh, with my ADHD and shit. So sure. I kind of feel yeah. I feel like 
damn that I hate that I have this about I hate this about me. Explain an outburst. Like what does an outburst uh, mean? I get overwhelmed, like overstimulated and overwhelmed, and I'll just be like, "Fuck it!" (laughs) Like hundred percent. Like out of nowhere, I'll be like, "Fuck it!" And I'll like have to walk out of the house. I don't know. Okay. Like I just get really overwhelmed. I have a lot on my plate too, but and that doesn't help. And after I do it, I'm like, "Fuck! Why can't you handle that like other people? Like why? Like it almost makes you ask yourself, why can't you be fucking normal? Yeah. Yeah, No (laughs) such thing. Yeah. I know. Right. But like I'll have you know like if I. At the end of the day, I'll like stub my toe and it's like, it's like, that's the last fucking straw. It's like, <laughs> yeah, fucking but, Christ. It's like all day but long. But that's these, not mental illness. That's having <laughs> no, your toe. Well, tiny annoyances all day sure. fucking long that eventually you're just like, like you can take the first 50 little annoyances, but then at the end they just pile on and you go, fuck this. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? The tipping point yeah, when just, you stub that toe. It's that cherry on top, yeah, man. It's, but, then a, talking about. but then a catastrophic something could happen like i could have a, a, a something with work like a huge deal come out of fucking nowhere it needs to be solved boom commas can be no problem let's knock it out catastrophes don't bug me well you're a professional mine it could be anything though like yeah. minor shit bugs the hell out of me isn't that interesting but then catastrophes i can just fucking knock right out no problem huh. i don't know how i don't know what that so you were good, good under chaos. pressure yeah i work very well with a deadline you know yeah. I'm, I'm knock it right out catastrophes i'll solve them but if I spill milk, I'm like, why does God hate me? <laughs> yes, I feel that. And I also uh, feel the guilt that you have. Yeah. There's the shame and the guilt with having this. You're like, oh, you know, like, why, why do I treat people this way? Why do I treat myself this way? And I was telling you on the phone yesterday, I give myself daily affirmations. That's wonderful. I See, tell I think myself, that's something hey, that people can learn from it. you. Yeah. You know, yeah, those are the kind of things you tell yourself. Now, do you do you write these things down, or this is just self talk? It's I used to write them down, but okay. it's become so much of a I routine. Guess, routine yeah. that I just say them to myself, like, "Hey, you look fucking good today. Like, you look great." Even whenever yeah. my hair is all messed up and I feel swollen and I don't feel the best, I'm like, "Hey, well, you, you are look pregnant. good today." Yeah, but yeah. it is important. <laughs> I think no matter what condition you're living with, it is important how you talk to yourself, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like self love is very important, especially in of mental course. illness, because you're not only accepting the fact that, "Hey, I have a mental illness." Hey, you also have to accept the fact that, "Hey, I have to live with this." Yeah, Lily. In regards to your borderline, how important? is sleep and right now you've got two little ones and one on the way so like are you sleeping at all these days like how is is sleep just essential for you like how does that work into your everyday routine i actually i co-slept with my oldest and that was the worst decision i had ever made my whole life he did not get out of my bed until he was two years old and then my youngest i slept i sleep trained him from three weeks old he has slept 10 to 12 hours a night since he was three weeks old because i could not handle the mental stress of not being able to sleep. I just couldn't. Yeah. So my yeah. four-year-old and my two-year-old go to bed at 8.30, 9 o'clock, wake up at 8.30, 9 o'clock the next morning, and that's how we do our day. And they take a two-hour nap from noon to two. That's hmm. our that's our routine. Do you nap in that window, noon no. to two? No. Usually I'll you know catch up on notes. I'll journal. I'll you know just kind of do whatever I need to do. Yeah. So, yeah, talk to us I mean, about the journaling. Like, what kind of journaling do you do? Talk to him. I'm not listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, with, with the journaling, actually, this is, I don't have a lot in this one. I think journaling is amazing, though, for I've many different like, reasons. I've got, like, eight notebooks. Okay. full. And yeah, so, what, what kind of stuff are you writing? Basically, just telling myself that I'm a good mom, 
that's my that is my biggest insecurity. And a lot of borderline people have a lot of insecurities. But uh, being a parent, being a good parent, mm-hmm. is my biggest insecurity because I was never shown right a good parent. No, you were not. I was shown what not to do, mm-hmm. and I've just kind of gone off with like, hey, can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you what not to do. But it's it's that's my biggest insecurity, and I always have to tell myself like, hey, we did this today. Your kid knows their ABCs at two years old. Your kid knows this. At, you Good know. for you. Like it's it's just it's something great. that I I hyperfixate on my kids. And I know that okay. sometimes like helicopter moms, I'm not a helicopter mom. My kids are gonna get hurt. They're gonna do whatever. Like my kid just got out of the hospital like in April because he had a skull fracture from falling out of a tub. Oh fuck. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. My two year old. My two year old. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love the fact that you do, do sometimes you write the same things in the journal yeah. that you. Well, there, there's a term for that. It's called auto suggestion. Mm-hmm. And if you do enough auto suggestion in your mind and you repeat it over and over a lot, you'll begin to believe it. And That's the daily affirmation thing as yeah, well. Yeah. I mean, that is, in my mind, I do that with a gratitude journal. And I think that's one of the most effective things for people living with any sort of mental disorder because it teaches you to believe these things about yourself that your mind is really programmed not to really excel, right? Your mind is kind of programmed for you just to barely survive. survive. Yeah. And so that, that, what you're doing is great, man. The affirmations, the writing, the journaling. I mean, I got to be honest with you for a girl your age. And I know you're, you're kind of an, more of an adult than most because you've got all these children now and, mm-hmm. but you're, you're way ahead of the game. Yeah. No you, know, you should for feel 20, good about for 23 yeah, for where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like I got diagnosed with bipolar when I was 23 and I was an absolute mess. Well, another thing is, is that in females like ADHD isn't diagnosed until they're in their adulthood. Because when you're a kid, you think, oh, they're going through, uh, they're getting their period. Yeah. Oh, they're doing that. It's fucking hormones. Sure. Uh, hormones. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's another thing is like, it goes back to the getting help. That's, that's yeah. that, it's so important. If you're having any sort of feelings like, hey, I feel like this is not okay. Like, I don't feel regular. I don't feel like with you. I don't know how you got help. But I, how I got help was like, I'm like, you know, I'm not taking care of myself the way that I should be. And that's it how is I was. fucking my life up. Yeah, that's how I was. I had to learn. I had to do things the wrong way for a long time before I figured out how to start doing things a better way. Mm -hmm. And all the stuff you've mentioned, affirmations, journaling, cleaning, those little things make the biggest difference in the world. I mean, they really do. Lily, is there anything else that you brought with you that you want to mention? Like I know yesterday I asked you if there was one thing you want people to know. And and you said yesterday that you just want to help people that have these kind of things. And that's certainly admirable. Is there anything else you want to touch on? A lot of people with borderline have self-image issues. That goes back to the insecurities that I was talking about. Makes sense. With that, it could also present, it can, borderline can basically open up doors to other disorders. So say somebody has anorexia. They, oh, I'm too fat. I'm just not going to eat or I'm going, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about anorexia. You know, it can lead, it can open doors to other disorders. Mm-hmm. So if you can get help, and shut that shit down mm-hmm. and kind of gather what you got, figure it out, you're, you're good. No, it's phenomenal. I mean, we are so, yeah. so happy that you reached out via email and yeah, uh, we, we will, we will mm-hmm. check in with you from time to time and make sure everything is well. And we want to thank you for your time. Oh, and- you'll be seeing my shot post in the hospital. I can tell you that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know if it's a boy or girl? It is a girl. Does she have a name? Her name is Lainey. Lainey. Okay. I got a, my son is Maverick Wayne. Maverick. My second is Waylon Lee. 
Some strong fucking names right there. Yeah, some strong names. Well, we wish all of them the best. Yeah. And we wish you continued success handling your borderline. That's Lily Mulherin. I'm Michael Wellington for my partner, Brandon McNamee. This has been the Street Smart Mental Health Podcast. Come back and see us next time. Love you. Bye.